Straight from Washington, D.C., right across from the Capitol, this is Special Session with former Congressman John Porter, where you'll hear from the most interesting people in America. Here is your host, John Porter. Welcome back to Special Session. This is former Congressman John Porter with a very special guest today, Margaret DeFrancisco. Margaret's uh, been a friend for many, many years, uh, and we're going to talk about lotteries. And as a uh, former member of Congress from the state of Nevada, we don't have lotteries. No, you don't. Uh, we do, uh, of course, uh, brag, and as we should, about our place in the gaming industry. But lotteries is something that uh, Nevada has chosen not to, and it's one of those states' rights issues. Absolutely. But uh, Margaret is with us today. And a little bit about Margaret and her background. I know she's bashful and shy, but uh, Margaret worked for Governor Pataki in New York. Uh, for uh, seven years. I think of note, this was before, during, and after 9-11, a very, very tragic time in our history. And I think maybe for a future uh, recording, we should talk about that era. Uh, And a credit to you for your public service. But in the seven years that you worked for the governor of New York, five years of that, you were a lottery director. I was. And then, and I like to talk about you, Margaret, all these great things. Uh, then Georgia, yes. uh, another great state, uh, nine years as the president and CEO of the Georgia Lotteries. Uh, and having been involved in the lottery business for many, many years, I, I really thought it would be appropriate uh, to, to talk about your experience. And there's 44 states, correct, that currently have lotteries, plus we have D.C. and Puerto Rico. Uh, programs are funded by lotteries, and I, I think lotteries are kind of the unsung heroes, uh, as Margaret will talk a little bit more about. But you know, when, when it comes to the lottery business, you know, the governor is the is the chairman of the board, and the legislature uh, members of the legislature in their states are the board of directors, and their attorney generals are normally the regulatory body. So they they certainly are uh, uh, important to communities and states, but. I think sometimes we forget when we see these huge mega uh, wins uh, that really the money uh, goes to K through 12 education in some states, college scholarships, senior citizens. As a matter of fact, in 2016, and by the way, Margaret gave me all these stats, so (laughs) hopefully they are accurate. Uh, So in 2016 alone, close to $22 billion went into into the communities across the country because of the fine folks that work at lotteries and, and the uh, structure. So why don't you talk a little bit about the history of lotteries and we're gonna talk about what's going on in Washington, D.C. after that. Well, lotteries have been around literally for hundreds of years. The first lottery was in Genoa, Italy in 1530. And early American lotteries were for the founding of Jamestown. During the Revolutionary War, there were lotteries to raise funds for this, the uh, I the promise military. you I wasn't there. I may see them. <laughs> uh, and the modern lotteries came into existence 50 plus years ago with New Hampshire as the first in 1964. New York was second in 1967. And if you looked at a map of the US, it started in the Northeast, moved to the Midwest, out west and then down south. So the very newest lottery is Wyoming, and they have draw-based games with Arkansas just behind that. And the reason, the reason that there are lotteries, it's really simple. 
the states and their citizens need the money for the programs that you mentioned, a whole host of good causes. And there are lotteries now all over the world. There are about 200 lotteries on every inhabited continent, so nothing in Antarctica, but everywhere. <laughs> or Nevada. Or Nevada, but that, again, you mentioned states' rights. It has been up to the states to set their own gaming policy. So um, Nevada doesn't have a lottery, but neither does your next door neighbor, Utah. That's and that's fine. And there are only now six states that don't have lotteries. So Alaska and Hawaii, um, Mississippi and Alabama, although Alabama talks about having a lottery. And, and one of the problems in Alabama was they just couldn't decide where to spend the money, right? Right. That's, I'm oversimplifying, yes, but that was a recently. Recent, yeah. So, um, and the two types of games have been the scratch-offs, the scratchers, uh, where you can buy a very colorful, sometimes gaudy ticket for one, two, five, ten, twenty, even thirty dollars in some states, and find out instantly whether you've won a prize or not. And then there are the draw-based games you mentioned, Powerball, Mega Millions, and then there are some daily drawing games. However, that's been the traditional lottery, and what some lotteries are trying to do based on an opinion that came out um, from the Department of Justice in the last part of 2011, uh, which was actually a response to both Illinois and New York saying, could you please clarify the 1961 Wire Wager Act? And what it said was basically that lotteries could go forward to offer their games over the internet. Well, which brings us to today. Right. Uh, we're in Washington, D.C., again, right across the street from the Capitol. You've just spent two days uh, working with members of Congress and the Senate in your role uh, with Neil Pollard. Correct. Uh, so w before we get into policy, kind of explain how your arrangement came about with Neo and Pollard and what they do and what your role is with Neil Pollard today. Right. Uh, um, after I sort of retired from the Georgia Lottery Corporation, uh, Pollard Banknote, who I'd been a client of for 14 years, in my capacity in New York and in Georgia, asked me to come on board. And Neo Pollard is a joint venture that came about in 2014 when a contract was awarded in Michigan to take their games online. So it's a joint venture between Pollard Banknote and Neo Games. And the Michigan lottery to date has been the most successful launch of internet wagering with the games and what we're trying to do by visiting members of Congress and, the, and uh, from the House and the Senate is to tell them about what lotteries do, what we've just been talking about, but also to say that, again, it is a state's rights issue. Let the states decide and not have the federal government interfering or regulating or telling the states what they can or cannot do when it comes to their lotteries and that gaming policy. Well, and, and the great part about Neil Pollard is the partnership, of course, but uh, Neo is one of the top technology service providing uh, companies in the world. Yes. Been in lottery business for a long, long time, uh, very strong and well-respected. And then you have the Pollard Banknote, who is almost the largest, if not the largest, probably second largest, or right up there in, in the banknote end, right? Can you it's, so? it's the second largest scratcher, scratcher printer, instant mm -hmm. game printer in the world. And have, they have clients all over the world. 
and they're a 109-year-old company. They're the oldest company in the lottery business and have evolved with innovation and all manner of great products that actually add to the, the sales and the profit of lotteries all over the world. Well, and, and the fact that they're doing lotteries around the world, like I, I guess what I'm trying to establish is for our listeners that you just don't show up and print lottery cards. You uh, no. don't just show up with technology. I mean, a highly regulated industry, if not one of the most, especially since, at least in the U.S., uh, they're a government agency. Yes. So talk about the security of, of just uh, of Pollard today and Neil and what they go through to, you know, to, to be licensed. Well, first of all, there are requests for proposals that go out um, across the country every time a lottery wants to purchase a service or a product. And those are very, very rigorous. And you have to prove what your products are, how secure they are, how secure your printing is, how secure it is when the product gets introduced to the public. Because in truth, whether we're selling the products online or at bricks and mortar retail stores, which is where the bulk of what we sell is, it has to be, the foundation is security and integrity. It has to be. If you go and buy a scratch off, you want to know that you have as good a chance as the person behind you or the person in front of you. Because a scratch card alone is a highly secured item. Yeah. Is it ever? Yes, absolutely. And how is it protected? How's the integrity of, a, of the traditional card protected? Well, through all of the processes and procedures that go into the printing, and that starts with a concept, and then it goes to working papers. Um, which are you know can be are multiple pages long, and it goes through every step along the way from not only the concept to the printing to the security of even the delivery to the retailers. And um, it, again, it's the only thing, and it's a the facility itself is very secure. You can't just walk into Pollard Banknote and expect to watch the printing process. Well, I think most people are accustomed to hearing about the safety and security of a traditional gaming, uh, whether it be brick and mortar or, or uh, whether it's Native American, uh, very familiar with the, uh, the fact that it's so highly regulated. I think sometimes we don't think about mm -hmm. what goes through you know, for the lotteries. And mm -hmm. the fact that the lotteries are state agencies. So in, in fact, the, again, there are law enforcement in the state, AG's office, depending on the state, uh, the governor's office, all are mm -hmm. elected by voters. They have to make sure that there's integrity of the system. Absolutely. And bless my friends uh, from Nevada and uh, with great respect, they uh, are regulated as well. And many times the, the same agency that's regulating lotteries are, are regulating uh, the the traditional gaming establishments, mm -hmm. correct? Yes. So that's a little bit about Neil Pollard, and and again, Michigan has been a great success. So again, can you spend a few more moments now? Let's talk about the success you had in Michigan. Sure, the Michigan Lottery did a great job building up to the day when they would be able to offer their games online. So they took all the right steps. 
They engaged with their, their retailers in the bricks and mortar. They established a, a loyalty club. Um, they had second chance promotions through their website. They kept attracting people to their website so that people would be very familiar with how the website works and what they, what they could do there. And then... Plus you have to be a resident yes, of Michigan. Absolutely. And you have to be in Michigan. That's correct. To play. Yes. And with the, I guess, basically military technology with geo-tracking, uh, the lottery knows if you're not in the state and you attempt to play. Right. So. And what we were trying to do in Michigan, both the Michigan Lottery and Neo Pollard Interactive, was to establish a new sales channel. So that, that, and we knew that that needed to be extraordinarily secure. So through geolocation or geofencing, we're able to tell that people are within the state of Michigan. And, with, and I've seen the monitors. Yes. There's these little red the dots uh, all over the state. Right. Uh, and there are no dots outside of the state. No. <laughs> and also age verification. So when you sign up, to play the lottery, the Michigan Lottery online, you establish an account. And with that account, you, we verify your age, we verify where your residence, we use a couple of different companies along with the company that does the geofencing and geolocation. So we really truly know who these folks are that are playing online. The other thing is to make sure that their gaming is responsible. We want to make sure that that people don't play too much or too long, and so there is a way to set up deposit limits, loss limits, and you know we chat with players online through through our um, our call center, and it, it is all about integrity. It is all about the players. It's all about the user experience, about them having a good time, winning some money. And it has been so successful that this year, uh, which is, it's, it's been, this summer will be three years. In this fiscal year, the Michigan Lottery will turn over an extra $50 million from the online lottery, from the iLottery, which is fabulous. And That's new money. It's so in Michigan, where, where, is the, where do the funds go? Uh, to, in, education. to education. To mm education. -hmm. And... This uh, Scott Bowen, who a uh, mutual friend and uh, been in the business a long time, was one of the leaders, was really on the cutting edge of this, no longer the director, but he uh, had a lot to do with this as well. Scott's, yes. uh, or you call him Scotty. Right? Uh, yes, I, I do, but yes. And <laughs> he used to call me and say that he wanted to beat Georgia to being ready to go with oh, online. Nice. Yes, so it was this little kind of friendly competition about who could go first. Well, we know that with all the technology in the world, nothing is a perfect science. But even in a traditional, uh, whether it's a convenience store or traditional gaming resort, uh, there uh, errors can happen, and it does happen sometimes, the, uh, but seldom, but it can happen where even a traditional casino, someone can play underage, but they, they do everything they can. What it appears to me is that with online, uh, specific to uh, Michigan now for the moment, and of course there's Virginia and a few others, but uh, when you mention you track and you have an idea of what the play is, uh, 
if it's traditional, you walk into a casino or you walk into a convenience store, you don't have all that information, right? No, and, and that part is unfortunate. You really hope that the folks in the bricks and mortar, the retailers, do check yeah, if they sure have they, some they question. Very hard. Um, but we, and they do, and we appreciate that. Uh, but online, you have to verify your age. And, and if we have a doubt, we have you sent in, send in, actually send in additional information so that we know that the person who is playing the lottery online is of age, is in the state, has set up an account, um, and is hopefully having some fun and winning some money. Because in truth, it really is all about fun. It's supposed to be fun. And the lotteries are experiencing what other uh, entertainment organizations are facing. Uh, traditional uh, gaming resort industry is attracting and keeping, and certainly with not a focus on on young folks because of uh, the safety and security and and problem uh, gaming, but. Lotteries are facing some of the same challenges uh, where people now are buying their cowboy boots online. Yes, I think Chris just, my son is here and he just, I think, got some new cowboy boots today from Zappos. But people are shopping online and, and that's what's happening in the lottery world. Sales are now, um, are, are not what they used to be or the growth isn't there and you need a new mechanism to deliver this, correct? The, to help the, the state programs. That's right. The, the growth isn't there and the customer's expectations over time have certainly changed and they're much more demanding and you all you have to do is walk down the sidewalk and everyone is on a mobile device whether they're talking shopping texting instagram Snapchat, it doesn't matter we need to catch up with the technology and to be able as one of my former colleagues said enable people to play anywhere, any place, any time. Safely and securely. Safely and securely. And so we're, we're literally playing catch up. And the last thing that we need or want is to have the federal government preventing that from happening. Because governors and state legislatures around the country aren't saying to lottery directors, oh, it's okay, don't bring us any more money, we have enough. <laughs> In fact, the exact opposite is true. Always They're looking always for looking for more because of the good causes that are, are funded, whether it's senior citizens in Pennsylvania or the environment and parks and recreation in Colorado or the Hope Scholarship in Georgia or the cities and towns in Massachusetts. That money is necessary and needed. And as you mentioned, $22.5 billion in 2016 alone. And highly regulated by, by the states. Um, I, I know we're running a little short on time, but uh, you're in Washington, D.C., again, literally across the street from the Capitol. Uh, and you've spent some time with members of Congress and the Senate. And, and the goal today is to educate members of Congress and the Senate that understand that there is a, uh, there is a larger debate happening on online gaming uh, by the traditional gaming industry, but uh, lotteries would like to be left alone. Yes, correct? indeed. Yes, indeed. And um, I will tell you that the both the staffs and the members have been extraordinarily receptive 
to our story. And it really is telling the story about lotteries. They have so many issues on their plates and so many different things that they have to be concerned with that in many instances, the, the things that we've been talking about aren't things that are on their radar at all. As you once said, a member of Congress does not wake up in the morning thinking about their lottery back home. So we've been trying to do that just to raise some awareness and have them understand how important this money is and what a great job lotteries do around the country. Plus, historically, the federal government has not been involved in, in lotteries whatsoever with uh, the potential of uh, a change in current regulations by the Department of Justice or Congress. In essence, it would be one of the first times they really have gotten involved in lotteries. Mm -hmm. uh, so you're here uh, the last couple of days and actually for the last few years. Yes. We'll give away our, our secret here. Uh, Margaret, you've been here uh, knocking on doors, educating. Uh, partly because the industry itself, lotteries have to be careful what they say, where they go because of the rules as state employees. Mm -hmm. But you have been out there on the front line uh, singing the praises of lotteries uh, unlike anyone that I've seen. And I think it's important that we educate members so they understand like you're doing. It's a great story and lotteries do great work all the time and have for, as I've said, for over 50 years in the U.S. In fact. This Friday, the New York Lottery celebrates its 50th anniversary. Congratulations. Uh, I know you're a big part of that. Uh, maybe I can win one of these days. <laughs> Anybody I should talk to? Any secrets that we should share with our listeners about this winning? What do we need to do? Well, just get out a dollar and buy a ticket. Just keep that's, buying. That's, keep yes. buying tickets. Yep. Well, uh, Margaret DeFrancisco, uh, formerly with the state of New York and with the state of Georgia and most recently with Neil Pollard. Uh, we appreciate you being uh, a part of our show today. I know that uh, you're singing the praises of states' rights and, and certainly you're doing a great job of that and we look forward to seeing you again in the future. Again, this is uh, former Congressman John Porter. Uh, thank you for listening and Margaret, thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much, it was a pleasure. This concludes another podcast of Special Session with former Congressman John Porter. Thank you for listening.